Henderson. Perez. Johnny Evans. What a header. Oh, what an absolute cracker from Harvey Barnes. Oh, there's magic in that right boot. You're listening to Extra Time, live on LCFC Radio. Your place for all the reaction to the weekend's football. Yes, welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio with me, Dan Bates, Jerry Taggart and Tony Cotty uh, are my company this evening. For the next hour or so, uh, we'll talk about the uh, disappointing game with Newcastle on Friday evening. Both Jerry and Tony will pick their LCFC Player of the Year. We'll try and agree, if we can, between the three of us on on one player in particular, but uh, I'm not sure Jerry and Tony will be agreeing, but they might be. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> We'd rather have Matt we'll Elliott here, do we? So uh, maybe there's a bit more uh, room for for one of you two to maybe bow to the other one. But, yeah, but we'll see. Absolutely. We'll, see. Um, we'll also preview the game with Manchester United at Old Trafford tomorrow as well. So a busy hour. Uh, unfortunately, though, we do have to start with that game on Friday evening. Uh, I'm sure you watched it, Tony. Good evening to you, firstly. And, and yeah, bitterly disappointing Friday evening. Yeah, evening, Dan. Evening, Tags. Yeah, I was, oh, I was looking forward to coming on the show. Dan, and then when, when obviously the result happened, you think, oh, no, here we go. But um, you know me, I always try and be positive. And yeah, of course, it was it was it was a really, really disappointing night. There's no doubt about that. Very, very disappointing result. We all know that. But having said that, the results that followed, I think we've got to say that it wasn't really that much collateral damage done. I mean, it could have been a lot worse if West Ham had won yesterday. Um, you know, they would have been a lot closer. Um, yeah, I know Liverpool got the game in hand. They're probably or possibly the main dangers now. But, you know, in terms of the other results, you can look at what happened Friday and say there's not been that much damage done. But I do think there was some very worrying signs on the night, Dan, and certainly things that you know, Leicester have got to put right over the next four games. There's four massive games left and they've got to learn the lessons from Friday night to make sure that they, A, get in the Champions League and B, put up a really good fight against Chelsea in the FA Cup final and hopefully win that FA Cup. Yeah, hopefully so. Good evening to you as well, of course, Jerry Taggart, fresh from the golf course again today. You were unfortunately on uh, commentary duty, weren't you, on, on Friday? Yeah, good evening, Dan. Good evening, TC. Uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, you talked about it before. We talked about this group of four games, winnable games and and all the conundrums and what would happen if Leicester could come out with, you know, what maximum points. But football doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. And, you know, number one, you have to credit Newcastle. I thought they were excellent. You know, they came right out of the blocks. They looked energetic. They played high tempo football. They pressed the ball really well. Leicester just weren't quite on it, were they? And, and paid the price. Obviously, big blow losing Johnny Evans. But this is football. This is what makes it so exciting. Because on any given day, you know, any team can go out and beat another team. And and as Tony rightly said, you know, West Ham had an opportunity uh, to back to back up Leicester's defeat with a result with a positive result, and you know, really pile pressure on. And it didn't happen because even though there's only three league games left, there's still a lot of football. And there's still a lot of shocks and there's still going to be a lot of results that people will be scratching their heads at between now and the end of the season. And that's what makes this game so fantastic. Yeah, of course, there is a, a big game of football tomorrow evening. Uh, kickoff will be exactly 24 hours away, or there'll be about four minutes in uh, to that game with Manchester United. We will talk about it uh, a little bit more later on, but they certainly need to start the game better than than how they started on Friday, Tony. Even even before the the, the first Newcastle goal, it was the away side that looked the better team. Yeah, and, uh, I, you know, I was on the show last Monday, Dan, and I, I said about it, I, I said, like, you, you've got to be careful against this Newcastle team. You know, and I look at their league position and you can say, well, like, all right, it should be a home win. But that doesn't really tell you the facts. It doesn't tell you the fact that they've got good players in midfield. It doesn't tell you the fact they've got really quick, fast players up, up, up front. And we touched on it. We mentioned it. We said they've got to be careful. And if you start a game slowly, listen, of course, you can't emphasise how much losing Johnny Evans, you know, we, we could go on about it all night. You know, it, it, it was a massive, massive blow. There's no doubt about that. There's the reorganisation, et cetera. And I understand all that. But, you know, the, the warning signs were there. It was sloppy. And 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 the first goal for me pretty much summed it up, you know, with Soyuncu. I, I, I don't know really what he was trying to do. But, you know, he's, you asked Tags. Tags, Tags. Tags was a fantastic defender. 
But the one thing Tags used to do, if he, if he knew he was under pressure or he knew that he was being closed down or, they, or, or they were, the options were closing, I know where that ball was going and it didn't necessarily end up near me up front. It ended up in the stand. <laughs> and, you know, I think there is times nowadays where defenders, we all want to see playing out from the back and understand that. And, of course, Brendan encourages that. So it's hard to be too, uh, you know, harsh on Soyuncu. But sometimes I think you've just got to do the right thing and sometimes just do the simple thing. And, and, I, and I think the warning signs were there. That goal goes in. Straight away, you're under pressure. And then you've then got to push and almost chase the game. And, you know, it's, it's only 20 odd minutes gone and you're chasing a football match. And, you know, it makes it very difficult. There's no doubt about that. It seemed to me like there was no communication when the ball went into Soyuncu as well. You know, what Tony says is absolutely right. One touch and play the way you're facing, where he's tried to, like, let it go between his legs and go out the other side. But when that ball's coming into him, he needs a shout as well from mm. somebody to say, man on, because as soon as the ball goes into him, Willick is on his way to, to shut him down. So that is time for one of his teammates to give him that positive shout of man on or get rid, you know. <laughs> and that obviously didn't come. Well, let, let's be honest, the person that probably would have shouted it in unfortunately wasn't on the pitch yeah. because he picked up that injury. Uh, We're talking about Johnny Evans, obviously. Um, in, in the but other people we... got a responsibility yeah. though, Dan. You're right what you're saying. Of course, Johnny would have told him and that. But, you know, other players, you can't just say, oh, because Johnny's not playing, no one's going to talk to each other. You know, Tags is right. You know, it's a team game, yeah? You know, information and, you know, and it, it it's actually much easier at the moment with the information because you haven't got 30,000 people shouting and hollering at the same time. You've got a very quiet atmosphere and there's absolutely no excuse. You know, the first thing that should have been shouted, man on, tags is right, man mm. on, get rid of it, clear it, you know, whatever. But I, I don't know, you know, you, you, you can't just say, oh, if Johnny had been there, this would have happened. That, you know, it, other players have to take responsibility. Soyuncu's got to take responsibility. And there's, there's three other defenders around him. And there's Casper as well. They've all got to be saying, man on, get rid. And yeah. it's, a, it's a one position on, on the pitch that you, you cannot afford not to speak to your teammate is centre half because yeah. we've seen what happens and that's the reason why you have to talk at the back because once your line's broken, people are in on go and we've seen what happened. You know, obviously the lad who, who I thought was fantastic, I have to say. It's the first time I've seen him live, I thought he had a great game. But it ends up in the back of the net because of one little piece of, of lack of communication between <coughs> a couple of players. Yeah, good evening to to everybody listening, by the way, on, on Facebook and on Twitter. And thanks for getting in touch. Rachel Hurd says, uh, it just shows how much Johnny is in charge of the defence. And, and you can see that he does marshal the defence because he is alongside two young central defenders that one is very new to the Premier League and one is still in Soyuncu relatively new yeah, to the Premier League. Yeah, it's an experience and with playing with each other. And, you know, and, you know, you've got two different nationalities there. Uh, the English isn't great, even though you don't have to have great English to talk on a football pitch. It's just basically barking orders or, or, or shouting at each other, you know, to, to, to get rid or man on and stuff like that there. But, yeah, it's that's where Leicester missed that vital experience that we've seen all season was in the middle of that back line. It was there for all to see. Uh, but hopefully they'll learn from that and hopefully they won't make that mistake again. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear from uh, from Brendan Rodgers at some point this week as well, particularly after the, the Manchester United game on the fitness of Johnny Evans. I know, I'm only speaking, I don't know any news and, and mm. you don't know any news, but we suspect right. he probably won't be involved against Manchester United due to the, the severity of well, what it looked like he had, but but we can hope that he will be. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see. I think, it, it, I would say, is a priority the FA Cup, getting them ready for the FA Cup final? I would probably yeah. say maybe, just about, yeah. You'd have to say that's probably the priority. So why risk it again uh, tomorrow night against Manchester United if he's got a really, if he's got a better chance of being fit for the FA Cup final? That's got to take priority now. Well, let's hear from his manager then, Brendan Rodgers, who was speaking after the defeat to Newcastle on Friday. Brendan, um, a Hi. difficult night. Um, what's your reaction? How did you see that game? Um, yeah, very disappointing result. We. Um, Key key item for me was our concentration from a defensive perspective. We give away uh, poor goals, made errors for the goals, and, uh, and it's a stage of the season where you have to be really concentrated in the games. And um, and for that we uh, we got punished. You know they've got top players who can hurt you, and 
And yeah, so uh, so yeah, that was that that was the, the the biggest disappointment. We kept going to the very end. I was proud of the team in terms of we didn't go, we didn't sink. You know, sometimes at three and four nil down, the team can stop running, stop working, uh, but they showed their spirit. Uh, we scored two goals. We could have had five goals ourselves this evening. Their keepers made great saves, but you're never going to win a game if you defend like that and make those mistakes. And unfortunately, that uh, that came back to punish us. Lost Johnny Evans in the warm-up. Um, what was the issue there? And is there any early prognosis about future matches? Yeah, we've been managing a, a problem with his heel for the last two weeks, and. Uh, yeah, it, it's something that uh, he's been having injections and got through okay. And just before he, when he finished the warm-up, he looked to come in and uh, and it seemed to, uh, he was in a lot of discomfort when he came in just before kickoff. He tried to stretch it out in the changing room, but he, he was suffering. So, um, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. He's on crutches at the moment. So, uh, so yeah, that was a massive blow for us. Without him, did we see just how important Evans is, not just in terms of his defending, but also his leadership, his um, his communication at the back yeah, as well. Yeah, it's absolutely critical. I've always said he's the brain in our in our defending. Whether we play a back four, back three, he's the one that uh, keeps the line up, pulls the other two guys together, and uh, the very the young players who uh, who are still learning the game. I thought Wesley Fofana was outstanding this evening. He get done for a corner, but apart from that, he was aggressive. Uh, his, his concentration was very good and. Uh, yeah, he was he was excellent. But Johnny's yeah, Johnny's a huge mess if he's not playing for us. We've seen all season long that when there have been disappointing performances, that this group has bounced back very quickly. Are you confident that they'll do the same? This yeah, time? yeah. It's listen. Everything's still in our hands. We've made it, you know, more difficult for ourselves with the last two results. Uh, disappointing, especially tonight. But uh, but no, we have to to go away now, recover, and uh, we got a massive game now on Tuesday. You know, but. Thankfully, it's all still in our hands. You know, we've uh, we've been absolutely brilliant up until this point. We're uh, we're still in with a great opportunity to achieve everything that we want to. So uh, we have to learn from tonight and realise that if you make mistakes, you know, you you're not going to win the games. If you don't win the games, you're not arrive where you want to arrive. So that's that that's uh, that's what we need to reflect and, and take into our next performances. Yeah, there now is a lot of pressure, Jerry, on, on the game uh, with Manchester United because of what happened on Friday. I guess you could also argue because of what happened the previous Friday against mm. Southampton as well. And and I know we, we did as fans look at those four games and think what points total could Leicester get from those and what position could they put themselves in going into the final three games against tough opposition. Mm-hmm. They didn't maybe get as many as what they and, and we hoped they did, but... We don't know what side Manchester United might play yet and, and Leicester, you would think, will be fired up because of what happened on Friday. Yeah, well, you, you've got to think that Manchester United will prioritise the game against Liverpool. Uh, after, you know, especially they had a good result, didn't they, yesterday against uh, Villa. Uh, so you, you would think that they would have to, that they would prioritise what is probably their biggest game of the season, you know, a, a derby against Liverpool. So... I'm expecting some changes from from Solskjaer, uh, but you know we've still got some good players who sit on the bench at Manchester United, and they'll probably start tomorrow night. But I think it's important as well going in, you know, leading into the weekend and leading into the cup final that they need some positives to take away from the game tomorrow night. Uh, what they are, we don't really know, you know. But obviously, it it starts with a performance. It starts with a lack of mistakes, uh, whether Johnny's fit or not, say we'll have to wait and see. But if he's not fit, then these young lads will have to, you know, they have to learn from their mistakes going into the game. What's going to be? You would say it's not going to be a, a full strength Manchester United. I can't believe that he's going to play the same players on Tuesday that he played on Sunday, and then two days later against Liverpool. So I think they'll prioritise the Liverpool game. So yeah, so it starts with a performance, and then <clears throat> lack of mistakes, and just see where that takes you. Mm-hmm. And and if that happens, then there's positives to take into the game uh, uh, on Saturday in the cup final. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and and predict the scoreline at this moment in time, but you have to say yeah, th- there is scope for positives to be taken out of what is going to be a very difficult game tomorrow night. 
Is, is there any confidence, Tony, that they can take from the last 10 minutes? I know I'm clutching a little bit at straws, but they were able to get two goals back and, and they looked a heck of a lot better in that last 10 minutes than they did in the previous 80. Or is it just completely out of sight, out of mind now what happened on Friday? Well, I think it's probably a bit of both, but I, I think Brendan touched on it. I think he was pleased with the response and the fact they did get the two goals. You know, I mean, it... it, it I've been in teams, I'm sure Tags has as well, where you go three or four goals behind and it's very, very hard to lift your game to, you know, to try and... Once, they, once, you, once you go four goals behind, it's very, very difficult and it's, it's hard to lift your game. It's hard to create chances, hard to score goals. And so the fact that they did score the two goals, I think the, the manager and, 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 and the fans watching as well would have taken a little bit of comfort out of that. Just the fact that they never gave up, they did fight to the end, they did score two excellent goals. You know, you, you, you still got to give them praise for that as well. And it made the score look slightly more respectable because, uh, you know, a 4-0 home drubbing is is never, ever good on your CV. You know, if you get a couple of goals back and, and just, you know, just get a little bit of confidence back towards the end of the game, which is what they did. So I think they deserve a little bit of praise for that. But, you know, you, you, you can't worry about these games. They're coming thick and fast, especially this season. It's been an incredible season. It's very condensed. You don't have time. I mean, look, you know, Tags were just talking about Man United playing Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. I mean, it's just, it, it wouldn't happen in a normal season. And, you know, for Leicester, Leicester have had so many games. They've had the Euro European campaigns and the good cup performances domestically and, and lots and lots of games and that. But you you can't worry about results. And, you know, just as if you've won 4 2, yeah, it's great, great, great feeling, everything. You, you can't rest on that because you've got to look at the next game. So it works the other way as well. You've got to say to yourself, all right, we lost 4-2. And I, I really hope and I believe that Brendan would have done this. He would have called the players in. He would have sat them down. They've got all the analysis now, sports scientists, everything. So, you know, just, just pick out the bones of it and, and, and try and help those young players. You know, the likes of Fafana and Soyuncu and, and, you know, the other young boys in the team. You just, you know, just help them with their mistakes and say, look, you know, perhaps you should have done this. Perhaps you could do this. And you learn from the mistakes of losing a game 4-2. You know, it happens in football. You can't dwell on it. They've just got to look forward to tomorrow night and getting a result. And a result, by any sort of result, at least a point, is a fantastic result at Old Trafford. <clears throat> One of the players that did score uh, on Friday evening for Leicester City was Mark Albrighton. He got the first goal back uh, for the Foxes. This was the number 11 speaking after the game. Mark, thanks for speaking to us. Uh, your assessment of that, was it was a tough night, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Um... I think with uh, mistakes of Costas ultimately, um, mistakes that, that that we're not normally used to seeing. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's frustrating, it's disappointing, um, but we've uh, we've got to pick ourselves up. We've um, we've not got many games left. We're we're in a great position, um, and we we can't let one one silly one silly performance, one silly result um, stop us uh, on our journey to what we want to achieve. How much do you think the injury to Johnny Evans contributed to it? Of course, you suddenly had to step into the, the eleven. That can't have been easy, personally. Um, yeah, obviously everyone's everyone can look at at, at that change um, so late on, and yeah, it's not ideal. Um, it, it obviously disrupts things a little bit. We've worked all week on the training pitch with Johnny and the team, and and that starting team, um, that that personnel. Um, but I think. From from my point of view, I I'm, I always make sure I'm ready. Uh, if I have to step in, whether it's before a game, whether it's five minutes into a game, or whether it's five minutes at the end of a game. Um, so from my point of view, I, I was ready to to come into the team uh, whenever called upon, and um, I know my role. I know I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and um, I, I think yeah, like I say, it's not ideal, but um, I give myself the best chance to to make sure I was ready. You scored a smashing goal as well. Uh, your first in a while. Um, it was a consolation, but then did you think it might have been a bit more when you got the second back? Um, yeah, obviously, I think it's it's probably too too little, too late. We gave ourselves a mountain to climb. Um, we conceded the first goal uh, from from a mistake, and uh, and after that, we need to make sure we we come together and make sure our concentration's right and and not concede another. And we go and concede from a set piece, which probably not kills the game. There's still time to get in it, but is is a massive massive. Uh, Damaging factor in, in in trying to get anything out of the game, um, but we, we we fought to the end, and I think that was uh, that that's the main positive that we can take out of it. We we gave it everything till the last whistle. 
wasn't enough on the night. Um, but we've got we've got three cup finals in the league now um, that we need to we need to go and get points from, and uh, we'll we'll make sure we give ourselves the best chance to do so. You've shown as a group all season long when there has been a, a disappointing performance that you've you've bounced back quickly, and I guess the message from the group is that you have to go and do that now, at Old Trafford. That's right. Yeah. Um, Three, three great games to, to go and prove that we, we deserve to be up there um, and we deserve to, to get a top four place. Um, you need to beat these teams that we've got in our next three to, to, um, to, to, to call yourself a Champions League side. You need to beat teams like this. So we're, we're looking forward to that challenge and, and we've got to put this behind us quickly because we, we go again Tuesday. And just finally, you've done pretty much everything at Leicester City. You've not been to a cup final. I know it might seem a long way off tonight, but uh, as a group and personally, that that's going to be some occasion, isn't it? Um, difficult to difficult to think about at the minute. Um, I think the disappointment from from tonight and uh, and making sure that that we get over it. We've got Man United on Tuesday, which is our bread and butter. This is our our main aim, and um, and we need to make sure that we. We put this this tonight over uh, behind us, and um, uh, and that's the that's the priority at the moment. That's Mark Albrighton there speaking to our uh, LCFC radio commentator Chris Parrott on Friday. Uh, still to come on Extra Time here on LCFC Radio. We'll uh, well these two will go head to head in our Extra Time teasers. Putting which Jerry Taggart is already Putting very very excited for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and these two will also pick their LCFC players of the season as well. They'll have a number of. Um, nominations, nominees, a short list and, and we'll run through those and, and hopefully they can agree on, on who they think should be Leicester's player of the season so far. Um, just picking up on one thing, Tony, that Mark Albrighton said during his interview there, he, he was obviously talking about the fact that if you want to get Champions League football, you need to beat the best teams and and the best teams again are, are the likes of Manchester United, Chelsea, less so Spurs this season, but obviously they are usually in and around those positions. So these last three games are a perfect opportunity for Leicester to prove why they are in this position in the Premier League and, and go there and win two of the three or or yeah. go unbeaten in the three, whatever it might be. Yeah, they've got to do what it takes, Dan, haven't they? And you know, when you when you're up in that top six or seven, then you can you can make massive gains by by beating teams around you as well because you, you they're they're the the clubs that you need to beat, you know, of same applies. You're in a relegation fight. If you beat your relegation rivals, it makes a massive difference to you. So, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they've got it. They've got to perform against the top teams, but it's it's just how the fixtures have worked, hasn't it? I mean, we all knew at the start of the season before we didn't kick the ball. We knew what those last three games were. We knew how difficult they was going to be, um, regardless of how the season was going to pan out. So, you know, but they're there. You you, you have to play every team twice. It is what it is. Um, you know, I think in a way, in a way, it might work in Leicester's favour because you're playing against the so-called big boys. You know, you've got to be on your game. Um, whereas if you're playing against, uh, I don't know, like a relegation threatened team or a, even like a team with almost nothing to play for, the the, the expectation is, is there a lot more. So I think they've got to, they've got to work it in their favour. You know, this this set of lads are good enough to go to Old Trafford and get a result. You know, they're good enough to go to Stamford Bridge and get a result. And, you know, I personally think by the time we get to the last game, Tottenham hopefully won't have anything to play for at all. And that might make that game a little bit easier. But you've got to get there in the first place. And you've got to make sure, as I said earlier, that the teams behind you don't catch you up. So, yeah, it's a big, big week for the football club, isn't it? You know, massive game against Manchester United. You know, get the result, put the performance in, get the result. And then on Wednesday morning onwards, you can start thinking about what's going to be a fantastic day out on Saturday. Yeah, on Facebook, uh, Chandresh. Good evening to you, Chandresh. He says, I remember Tony Cotty scoring the winner at Old Trafford. Uh, that might just come up on the uh, the extra time teasers later on, potentially. Ooh. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Something surrounding those games. Um, yeah, I mean, Leicester obviously haven't won there in the Premier League, Jerry, since that that game that, that Tony Cotty scored the winner. But they do have a really good chance tomorrow because, as, as we've already referenced, hmm. Manchester United will probably have to make changes. They, they physically have to. They played last Thursday. They played Sunday. They'll be playing again Tuesday. They'll be playing again Thursday. Yeah, that, that is an awful lot of football. You've always got a chance. You know, Leicester have proved this season that, you know, they've already beaten Manchester United in, in the league as well. Or, sorry, in the cup, haven't they? So... And got a good result in the in the league. 
You know, and that was a great game of football mm. and, and it, two evenly matched teams, I have to say. So there's always a chance. You know, Tony made a really good point that earlier on. In this season of all seasons where, you know, the games have just been, it's just been a crazy, crazy schedule. You have to put that defeat against Newcastle behind you, mm. ASAP. Yes, there, there's issues to iron out and sort out. But once you've done that, uh, then you have to look forward because of the position that they've put themselves in is, is a fantastic position. It, it's all well and good saying that, but how difficult is that actually, you know, to put that into practice for, for Brendan Rodgers and for the squad That's to say, it, to, to put Friday behind them? Uh, very easy. Okay. Very easy. Yes. Uh, and again, TC's right. They'll have a meeting and they'll go through it. And even, the, you know, one or two of the defenders that ha will have be picked on, they might go through a couple of things in training. But the general feel around the training ground, as soon as that meeting's over, will be back to normal. It'll be back to everything positive and looking forward to the game. And that all comes from the manager and the staff. So watch how you turn that around. You speak to people, you you know, you acknowledge the mistakes that were made, but you get them looking forward and focusing on the next game. And then in turn, everything that goes on on the training ground regarding training and the sessions that are put on is all back to having a bit of fun as well as obviously getting the important stuff into those training sessions as well. Because I guess, Tony, go on, sorry. Well, sorry, Dan, the, the, the thing as well, if I could give a great example of how to bounce back, what about Chelsea? Chelsea lost 5-2 yeah. at home to West Brom, didn't they? It was, you know, that was an yeah. awful performance. And after that, they've got, they got into the Champions League final, they've got the FA Cup final, they picked themselves up. And that's what you've got to do. You just don't get time in football. You know, you you, you can score a hat-trick one week and be a hero and that, and, and then the next game comes around and it, it doesn't matter what you did in, in the game before. You're all right, you got a hat-trick, but you've got to prove yourself in the next game. And that's the attitude that these Leicester boys have got to have. All right, it was a poor performance. We did things wrong individually, as a team. We've done things wrong. Talk about it, analyse it, move on, go and get a result tomorrow night. Simple as that. And I don't think that we'll see anything other than that from Leicester. And as disappointing, obviously, as Friday was, Tony, you, you still look at the Premier League table. Leicester's still in the top four with three games to go. Says that they've done something right this season. So the mood and the confidence still has to be pretty good in the game. Yeah, and I think they've got more points, I think, already, haven't they, than yeah. what they got last yeah. season. And, and lessons have got to be learned. There's a, you know, a lot of people in that dressing room, if not most of them, had that experience, that, that awful experience of the last day of last season. They don't want that to happen again. You know, we've spoken about it before. You, you've got to make it not happen again. But they're in a great position. They're in a really, really good position. And, and even if Liverpool win their game in hand, they're still three points behind Leicester. And at the moment, Leicester have got a slightly better goal difference. So there's lots of positive things, you know, to, to just keep saying to the players. And I, I get that impression with Brendan. He's not, you know, like some managers I play now, played under. I don't know about you, Tags, but you come in on a Monday morning or after a game and, you know, and you the, the manager's moping around and mm. you're thinking, wow, you know, really, he should be picking us up, not sort of bringing us down. But I don't get that impression from Brendan. I think he'll 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 deal with it sensibly. He'll pick the players up, get them bubbly again and get them fully focused on what they've got to do. Yeah, last word then on, on the game tomorrow, Jerry. I guess it's difficult for you to sit here and predict what Brendan Rodgers might do. But but in terms of, of the team, what do you expect? Well, I'm not sure whether playing uh, Castagna as a centre-half worked, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm not saying he did a lot wrong. All right, he was partly at fault for, I think it was the fourth goal, was it, uh, for Newcastle. So maybe if he's going to stick with a back three, he may have to you know, bring someone like Daniel Amati in or something like that there. We'll have to wait and see. Or, you know, does he change to, you know, four at the back? Uh, for tomorrow night's game, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell because he's got. He's still got. Even though Johnny Evans, there's a good chance Johnny Evans may may be out. He still has options to keep it the way it is. We've seen Almaty come in and play uh, as a third centre half, so that option is definitely there. And obviously, the, the players themselves have, for a lot, a lot of the season we're playing. You know, before at the back, so it's whether or not you know Brendan uh, sees. Someone like a Daniel Amari stepping up to the plate, or whether or not he sees that he needs to change something because certain areas of the pitch uh, against a team like Manchester United, that he needs to make sure that certain areas of the pitch are all taken care of. 
Yeah, we've also seen Wilford and Deedy drop into a back three as well yeah, this season. Of course, so yeah, they, Wilford. Yeah, but I can't see him moving out in midfield, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Wilford. Yeah, the interesting one. Uh, you'll be able to find out exactly what Brendan Rodgers has done during um, LCFC TV's Match Day Live. We'll be on air from uh, 4.30 tomorrow, so do join us for that. Jerry Taggart will be at Old Trafford uh, on commentary duty, hopefully watching another famous Leicester City uh, away victory. Now, games at Old Trafford feature very heavily in our extra time <laughs> teasers, and we'll do the first couple of those um, for you now. Um, Tony Cotty, as ever, the guest on Zoom, gets to pick if they want pot one or pot two from uh, our pots of questions pot two please Dan okay and then Jerry Taggart you can go first with pot one so Wes Morgan scored a header at Old Trafford didn't need to make it one all yep. during the title winning season uh, who took the free kick so who put the ball in Old Brighton chance to steal Ooh. for Tony Cotty oh um Brian Morris Fuchs. No, I was going to say you were right in thinking right foot. It was mm. Danny Drinkwater. Oh. Danny Drinkwater that put it in. Um, yeah. Tony, your first question in pot two. Uh, who scored a penalty for Manchester United in their 1-0 win against Leicester at Old Trafford last season? Um... I'll say Fernandes, but I don't know if he was here at the time. Pogba. <laughs> you said it with such <laughs> confidence. Oh, you said it with such confidence. He scored one two seasons ago. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that's oh, that's what, what it was. Pogba. But then last season, Marcus Rashford. 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 Good standard so far. <laughs> yeah, nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, we, we might need that tiebreaker later on because it finishes nil-nil. Uh, but we'll find out. We'll come back to the uh, the final couple of questions as well uh, at the end of extra time. We do have our Who's the Fox, though, uh, this evening for you. Um, so we'll put that one on screen. Jerry and Tony don't have a guess yet, but you've probably got an idea who it might be. Um, so that's one for uh, everybody who's watching in. Uh, do get involved. Let us know who you think that is. So who's the fox? Jerry Taggart has already written his answer down. Uh, he knows full well who that one is. We'll leave it on screen for another couple of seconds so you can have it a little bit longer. Uh, get your guesses in and we'll come back to those um, towards the end of the show. Uh, right, before then, uh, so between now and then, um, we're going to talk through <coughs> LCFC's player of the season. So okay. If you go on to uh, lcfc.com, for, for those of you listening, you can vote for a number of awards on the website. There's five categories up there at the moment. There's a player of the season, young player of the season, goal of the season, LCFC women player of the season, and LCFC goal of the season as well. But we're going to concentrate tonight on player of the season. So I've asked both Jerry and Tony to have a little think this afternoon uh, about who they think their um, player of the season could be. I don't want you to give me the, the name of who you were giving it to yet. Hopefully we'll try and come to some sort of conclusion as to to who it might be, if we can all agree, or if you two can agree on who you think Leicester's best player this season is. But Tony, have you got uh, one of your nominations um, up there for us, please? Um, yeah, I think... <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think we'll say that he's going to win it, but I think I've got to be ex forward union, Dan. I've got to put <laughs> Kelechi in the mix. I've got to throw him in. And I know everyone will say he hasn't played all season, and I understand that. And as I said, I'm, I'm actually thinking to myself, I'm not sure that he will be the winner that we'll agree on. But I think you've got to say the impact he's made since he got in the team. He's been a valuable member of the squad beforehand. But since he got into the team, I think it might have been January, February, whenever it is. It's all blurred into one of the, the, all the games this year, hasn't it, Dan? But whenever he got into the team, he has been absolutely sensational. Another goal against Newcastle the other night. And I think he deserves a mention. As I say, I'm not saying necessarily that he's going to be the one we're going to go for. But I do think, from a forwards point of view, looking at the forwards at the football club, I think Kelechi should be the nomination. No, absolutely. I think he's, he's certainly... Got to be there, Jerry, doesn't he? In in the the pool of players, the shortlist of players, if you like, because before, well, his first goal for the club in the Premier League this season was against Fulham in that mm -hmm. two 0 win. That was in February, and um, but then it really it was the start of March that he went on this 
ridiculous run, scored against Burnley, Brighton, three against Sheffield United, two against West Ham, one against West Brom, Palace and Newcastle. That was all in the Premier League, of course. Then there were goals in the FA Cup, vital goals in the mm-hmm. FA Cup against Brighton, Manchester United, Southampton in the FA Cup semi-final. So he may not have been the best player all season, but he's he's got to be in this conversation because of the impact, as Tony said, that he's yeah, made recently. We're, we're, I agree. I agree with that. And also he, he scored goals in the Europa League as well. Mm. Uh, and he played in that regular, didn't he? So he's he's had a, and I've got him in there. I've got him in the shortlist, definitely, Kalecce. Like you say, you know, a lot of people will have a look at and think domestically and league form uh, as well. And yeah, probably as Tony's already mentioned, he hasn't, you know, started enough games, but he's pl- he played in the Europa League uh, group stages in which he was scoring goals. And then once he finds his feet in the Premier League, and also the cup, bang, he's just gone. So, yeah, he could come in just down the rails, the left-hand rails, with a late shot, without a doubt, Kalecha. Yeah, because, I mean, his goals have just been yeah, vital. Yeah, and some of them are ridiculous as well. Ridiculously brilliant. Yeah. I mean, well, the majority of them, I would say, are like top tariff goals. You know, they're not easy finishes. Absolutely, yeah. No, he's been fantastic uh, in this last, what, last couple of months, Kalecha Inacho, but he's on the shortlist uh, here for... Uh, Jerry Taggart and Tony Cotty's LCFC player of the season. And Tony put Kelechi and Acho forward. Jerry, who are you going to put forward? Well, I'm only allowed one. For now. For well, now. And then okay. Tony will go and then. Okay, Casper Schmeichel. Come on, Tags, get out of the way. I know who you're going to say. Just get it out of the way. Come on. No, 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 no. Not yet. He's not saying it yet, <laughs> no, I don't think. No, no, no. I think no. That, that'll be coming, Tony. And, so. uh, I'm going to put Casper Schmeichel in there. I think he's had the. The best season that I can remember, anyway. I think some of the saves he's pulled off this season, and another one on Friday night when it was still nil-nil. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he's been as good this season as he has been in the last five or six. So, and some of the saves he's pulled off this season have been immaculate. So, um, yeah, I've got to I've got to put him in. He stood out for me. And you're talking about people that sort of stand out and and jump to the front of your mind, and uh, yeah, definitely Casper's one of them. Yeah, he's coming up to 10 years now at, mm. at the club and he's made such an impact, hasn't he, in, in those 10 years. And as you said, this season, he's he's having as good an individual season as he's probably ever had. Yes, I, I say uh, I can't remember a season where some of the saves we've seen have, have been absolutely vital. And you're backing the strikers to put them in the net and somehow he's kept that. Again, you look at that save on Friday night. And you think that's got to go in from Sam Maxing. He's got to just bury that. But the way he makes himself so big with his legs as well and just gets a big toe end on it. I mean, that's an unbelievable save uh, from Casper Schmeichel. So he's got to be in the run. I mean, Tony, obviously you like to talk about forwards and you like to talk about scoring goals, don't you? But you do sometimes have to talk about goalkeepers as well. And Casper Schmeichel, as Jerry says, has, has had a, a brilliant season and he... Because of Jerry putting him forward, he's on our shortlist. Yeah, no, he should be on the shortlist. You know, I'm guessing we're going to be talking about half a dozen players, and he's got to be in that top six. Um, you know, he's been outstanding. And you, you, you almost get to the stage now where you expect him to make saves. You know, the, the, <laughs> the one that you spoke about. You know, with the Saint Maxim one, you almost expect him to make that, and it's not an easy save. And, and making yourself as big as what he does, you know, obviously he had a fantastic person to learn from. His dad. Um, I mean, he used to scare the hell out of me when he used to come out of goal and do that star thing. <laughs> so I'm sure pretty much Casper probably does the same to, to forwards nowadays. But no, he, he's been sensational. He really has. He's, he's made some fantastic saves and he's been a big part of what Leicester have achieved so far this season. Yeah, and, and you think about it as well, Tony, because obviously he's worn the armband for pretty much the, the whole season. Obviously, Wes Morgan hasn't played too much football this season. So he's got that to contend with as well. And he very much seems like a leader in the dressing room. Yeah, and, and and being a captain is not just about on the pitch nowadays, it's off the field as well. You've got to be a really big influence off the field. You know, I think uh, the role of captain has become an even more vital role at a football club. So he, he will be doing lots of stuff off the field that the, the fans wouldn't necessarily see. And on the field as well, you can see he's a character. 
He's very vocal. You always hear him shouting, you know, with the cameras and the, the, the microphones picking up behind the goal. So, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a fantastic guy. I've always, always been a big fan of him. I think he's been a fantastic servant for the football club. And uh, it would just be fitting if he can, I know he's got his Premier League medal, but if he can get an FA Cup winner's medal as well and get back in that Champions League, then, you know, that would be great for Casper. Absolutely. Right. We'll take the next nomination from Facebook from uh, some of the Leicester City fans that have, have joined us. Sorry, Jerry, I'm going to take your thunder. Uh, Pete Fear says Johnny gets my vote. So we're going to put Johnny Evans forward uh, on the shortlist and um, clearly gets Pete's vote this season. And and you probably saw how much Leicester missed him on Friday. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I'm not saying Johnny goes under the radar, he doesn't, but you know, all the talks about the sign shoes and the Fafanas of this world, and rightly so, because they're so exciting to watch. But it's, you know, the glue. Johnny's the glue right there in the middle, isn't he? He's the meat in the sandwich, so to say, that just, you know, keeps them in check, uh, talks them through the game, uh, just uses all that wealth of experience. And then every now and again, he just pops up with a world class interception. Uh, the keep Leicester level like he did against Crystal Palace. So a vital, vital memory to him. And again, you go back to how do you pick a player of the season? And one of the prerequisites, I suppose, is consistency. And that's what Johnny Evans is. He's Mr. Consistency. And as I said, every now and again, he's popped up with a couple of goals as well. Mm. Pro- obviously, he could probably do with one or two more, but... And one or two vital interceptions, challenges that, you know, game-saving challenges, topped off for the one against Palace. Yeah, that that moment against Crystal Palace, I've said it a couple of times during during our shows, was certainly, for me, the moment of the season, well, my personal moment yeah. of the season, because it was unbelievable. And at that stage of the game, Tony, so vital. At one all, if Palace score there with, what, 20 minutes to go? It, it's a long way back from Leicester at that stage. Obviously, as we know, they went on to win it, thanks to Kletri and Acho. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was a vital interception. And again, as Jerry says, the experience and the consistency that he's brought this season has been immeasurable. Absolutely. And and, and what I just said about Casper, I, I, I almost expect the same thing from Johnny. You know, challenges like that. You know, I, 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 I love his organisational skills. The experience he brings to that back three when they play the back three, you've got this two younger members and you know he's a vital part of all what goes on in, in, in that defensive situation. Yeah, your Casper's got the armband on, but you, you look at it and you think, you know, Johnny is that leader, as in the outfield players and everything revolves around him and you know, pieces everything together. Um Tags mentioned the word consistent and uh, yeah, he's he's just been unbelievable. I think he's you know, what they pay for him, Leicester, three million quid, was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, if ever they spent, well, there's probably some, you can probably go in Mares or people like that. They probably, but in terms of spending on a centre half nowadays, you think how much Manchester United had to pay to get Parry out of Leicester, and you look at what Leicester paid for Johnny Evans. It was a fantastic deal, uh, an incredible investment, and you know he has been a fantastic member of that team this year, and you know and. Unfortunately, as we saw on Friday night, if you take Johnny Evans out of the team, it makes a massive difference. Yeah, Gary Dunkley also agrees on Facebook. He says, player of the season, uh, in my humble opinion, is Evans. So there's a, a number of votes on social media for him. He's on our shortlist, though. So, so far, we've got Kletcher Iannaccio, Kasper Schmeichel and Johnny Evans. We'll get another three, so we'll get six to make it a round number, and then we'll try and pick one. So, Tony, uh, have you got another one to put forward uh, on our shortlist? Yeah, I think I mean we can probably dis- discuss and sort of argue about the sort of the fifth and the sixth members of the um, the, the players on the shortlist. But I think the one who needs to be on it, and I, I, I could have mentioned him to start off with, but I thought no, I won't. I'll go for Kletchy. I think for me, Yuri Tielemans has got to be in there. I think again, Mister Consistent. You you get everything from him in terms of a midfield player. You know, he scores goals, he creates goals, he protects the back four. He, he gives it easy. He can play a longer pass. He, he's he's almost like your complete midfielder, really. And, you know, another player, it, it, again, you forget how young he is. You know, he's still a, a, a relatively young player. And, you know, I, I think consistency-wise, I think um, I think he, for me, is the one that will rival Johnny for player of the year. I think if you was asking me for my top two, and I, as I said, I know there'll be a few others that we're going to put into the top six. But I think Yuri and Johnny, for me, will be the two that we'll be we'll be talking about. Yeah, Leicester's fifth highest scorer this season, Yuri Tielemans, Jerry, mm. with eight goals in in all competitions, which is 
it's so important to get goals from midfield, isn't it? And and it obviously isn't his his main job, isn't it his only job? But it is certainly a big part of his game. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree more with Tony again. Believe it or not, I think he's just been absolutely top drawer, absolutely top. Some of the passing, the the, the assists we've seen this season from him are just like of the highest quality. I mean, I mean, of world-class quality, some of the passes. Uh, the Brighton one springs the to Brighton, mind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying he's a world-class player, but he possesses world-class ability. And his passing is definitely, at times, world-class. And some of the assists for some of the goals that we've seen, i.e. the Brighton, that is right on show. Uh, just unfortunate, as we, we've said all along, that there's no one there live to see that him pull off those kind of things apart from well obviously us when, when we go and commentate and stuff but yeah and he's been doing it all season and then he's been chipping in with the goals like you said and he's been getting back on side and making more challenges than I've ever seen as well so yeah he's right up there is that his biggest and best attribute do you think is passing <sighs> probably probably he's got a lot of he's attributes. got a lot though, hasn't he's he, got yeah. a lot of good attributes uh, let's face it, but yeah, I think when you see him make those kinds of passes, people are like, wow. It's, it, they're wow moments in games. Mm. So yeah, you probably have to say uh, that his passing, uh, when he pulls it off, is of the highest quality. And he's played 47 games as well, Tony, in all competitions for Leicester City, which is a, a big big amount of games, particularly for someone who plays central midfield. He's also played a lot for his country this season. I'm sure he'll be playing for mm. his country again in the summer as well. But but I guess when you're trying to pick a player of the season, you've got to look at who's been there for a lot of it. And yeah, we were talking about Kletcher Iheanacho, obviously came into the team relatively late and has, has had an impact. But Yuri Tielemans has, has seriously been there all season, hasn't he? And, and had a great impact every single time he plays. Yeah, it's an incredible amount of games to play, isn't it? You know, 47 games, plus your, your games for your country, plus the Euros coming up that he'll, no doubt he'll be involved in. So, you know, he, he when you when you look at the player of the season, I think you've got to look at the season as a whole and the contributions made by the player across the whole of the season, which is why, I, although I mentioned Kalechi, I think you've got to look at someone like Yuri as the player of the season for that consistency so many games and so many good performances as well. You know, some absolutely fantastic performances in there. And, and you know, you, you touched on his passing ability. I mean, it, it, it is up there with, you know, the best in the Premier League. Some of it is range of passing, the quality of the passing and, you know, it, it, the weight of the pass as well mm. sometimes. I think it's, it's, you know, anyone can pass the ball, right? And you smash it at someone 30 yards away and it's, they've got no chance of controlling the ball. But, you know, he's got a gift of stroking the ball or playing the ball in the right place so that a player can run onto the ball. And, you know, I've just really, really enjoyed watching him this year. I think he's been fantastic for Leicester. Yep. Uh, have you got another name, Jerry, to add to the list? Well, I was going to say Yuri as well. So he he was on my list. So I've got I've got three, three other names. Two of them are, are sadly out injured at the minute and probably would have been... Uh, big big contenders, and I don't know which one to pick between the term because they've had they've, they've had great seasons up until the point where they got injured. But I'm going to go for Harvey Dad, Barnes. Dad, hmm? Dad, can you nominate the two injured players? Because I've got two other players I'm going to nominate. So we we'll do it that way, and then we'll have a short list. Right. Okay. So I've, I've got to put a special mention in for Harvey Barnes and and James Justin. I think they've mm, had yeah. phenomenal That's, seasons. Yeah. Really do. And and them two would have been right up there, and I mean right up there if if, if that hadn't happened. And so, do you have to take that opportunity away from them because they're injured? Uh, that's and and TC's right. You you look at the whole season. I think when you're nominating a player, and you that's why Tillemans, Evans are up there because they've been they've been available for the whole season. Every game they've you know they've been ruled out under the pitch. But I think Barnes and Justin, they've just sort of burst on to the same. I know Harvey's burst on last year, but I mean, he's just really come of age. And James Justin has just had the season of his life, you know, his debut season, and he's absolutely grabbed it with both hands and just seems to get better and better from what we've seen uh, this season. 
yeah, you seem to be nodding along uh, there, Tony, but when Jerry mentioned those two names. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly stags. That's why I said about, you know, when he's mentioned the injured players, I knew that he was going to say those two. And, uh, you know, I fully agree. I, I, you know, such a shame that Harvey got injured. He was just he was absolutely dynamic, scoring fantastic goals, creating goals. That end product that we perhaps sort of questioned at times last season has been there consistently this year. And that's why he's had such a great season. And, and James Justin as well. He's been phenomenal for, again, for such a young boy, playing in different positions, different roles and just defensively looking absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, for me, those two, I knew Tags was going to say them too, and those two have got to be on the shortlist because they've had brilliant seasons. I know they're injured, and that possibly will rule them out in terms of over the course of the season, but they both need to be on the shortlist. But but as he, as he said rightly, that they were so good, Tony, before their injuries, Harvey's came a little bit later, didn't it, mm. than, than James Justin's, yeah. but... Unfortunately for them, I think before the injuries, they'd have probably both been on the plane. I'd say on the plane. Obviously, a lot of the Euros will take place in England, yeah. won't it? But the proverbial plane yeah. uh, to go um, play at the Euros with, with your country, you'd have suspected if they'd have continued the way they were going, they, they certainly would have been. Yeah, I think it would have been difficult for James, not because of what he's been doing at Leicester, but because of the quality of the fullbacks that England have got, both in right and left back position. I know he can cover for both positions, but. I think he would have struggled only because of the players. There's so many good players in those fullback positions at the moment. But if he'd have carried on playing like he was playing, he certainly would have been in with a shout. And I think even more so Harvey Barnes because Harvey's got he's got something a little bit different. And it's it's hard because you can't really compare him with anyone. I'm trying to think of someone to compare him with in the Premier League. And there's not really anyone who gives you what you get from Harvey. He's, he's, a, he's a very direct, a very dynamic player, very skillful player, got great qualities. And, you know, I, I think he just got something a little bit different. And, and for that reason, I think he would have had, a, again, an outstanding chance of, of getting into the Euro squad. He's only young, but he will come back from the injury and hopefully there's a World Cup done to get next year. So, you know, we're, people forget, we're all talking about the Euros. It's actually a World Cup next year. And he's going to have, the, well, they're both going to have a great shout of getting in the England World Cup squad. Yeah, right. But it seems as if we've got our shortlist then. So we've got six mm. players. Um, Kalechi, and I was going to nominate two others just quickly. I know we're running out of time, but I, the, the two I was going to mention, and they not necessarily need to be on the on the six that we've nominated, mm. but I think Honourable Fafana deserves yeah. the mention because he's been so good as such a young player mm. and fitting into the team. And the other one as well, again, another new player. And I remember his first game, I think it was at West Brom when he scored, is Castagna. And I know he was injured as well, but I think he's been very, very good when he's played. Mm. You know, for me, those two just deserve a mention, perhaps not on the shortlist. Yeah, so mentions for those two. Anyone else quickly before we uh, before we move no, on, Joey? No, no, absolutely. Great. So, yeah, Kalecha, Inacho, Kasper Schmeichel, Johnny Evans, Yuri Tielemans, Harvey Barnes and James Justin are Jerry Taggart and Tony Cotty's combined shortlist for the LCFC player of the season. I must say um, good evening to Craig Bennett, by the way, who's a regular listener on Extra Time. When we started doing this little segment on the the play of the season, he put shortlist Schmeichel, Evans, Tielemans, JJ before injury, Barnes before injury, and Ian Acho for the end part. So, so he's almost predicted it himself. Um, so go. well done to you, Craig. So clever man, very very clever we've man. We've got the shortlist though, so we do need to pick Jerry Taggart and Tony Cotty's LCFC player of the season. Can you agree? Do you think? Yes, you think? I, I think yes. we already have. Yuri Tielemans. Yeah, I yeah. think he's very, very close, but I think Yuri Tielemans, and I think if the fans were voting for their player of the year now, I think they would just go for Yuri. I think Tags. Yeah, I, I, I can't see past him. He's the one. He's the first player that came into my mind, and then it was Casper and Johnny after that. But I can't see yeah. past Yuri Tielemans. I think he's just been top, top class. What What I was thinking today. When I asked you both to do that, I thought you'd probably agree on, on Yuri Tielemans. And I was thinking back to how you, when you do your LCFC radio commentary, you have to pick a man of the match or a standout Leicester player, don't you, for, mm -hmm. for every game. And I think if I went back and totted them all up, Yuri Tielemans <laughs> would, would be on there more than any other player. Well, it used to be Ricardo when Ricardo <laughs> was fully fit before he got his injury. It was like Ricardo, Ricardo, and he ended up he ended up winning Player of the Season as well that year. So yeah, he he's, he he has been the standout player for me. He's just, you know, he just has. Simple as he that. He ticks all the boxes, yeah. man. You know, all all the things we've asked and demanded for anyone to be considered to win a Player of the Season, he ticks yeah. all the boxes. 
You know, you can look at the other players and there might just be one box perhaps where they may just fall down on, on getting, I said it's 10 boxes, they might get nine out of the 10 boxes, but Yuri ticks all 10 boxes. Thank you very much, uh, Tony Cotting, Jerry Taggart. Right, if you disagree um, with those two and with Craig Bennett, then you can have your own say uh, on lcfc.com. Um, the voting is open um, for the end of season awards for Leicester City. Uh, I'll just quickly rattle through what the categories are. So you've got um, player of the season, young player of the season, goal of the season, LCFC Women Player of the Season uh, and LCFC Women Goal of the Season as well. So you can um, have a go at uh, voting yourself. Jerry Taggart, I know you've gone for Kletchy and Asho Strag at Burnley for mm -hmm. your Goal of the Season, which is obviously a very impressive one. Um, there was some disagreement with you, though. Yeah, um, that's fine. I'm sure we'll... Uh, we can talk about that. I know uh, what I'm talking another, about. Oh, we can talk about that uh, another time. Um, right, it's nil-nil, though, in the... Um, extra time it's a nil -nil classic. So you were able to agree on, on LCFC's player of the season but now you need to go head-to-head uh, -head again with each other uh, before we do that quickly though let's uh, find out the answer to our who's the fox uh, for this evening loads of correct answers as ever on Facebook so well done to all of you uh, that said Kelechi Iheanacho there he is both of you two knew that I know that you I could tell well. by his boots you could tell even by I would have <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. I'm only joking. Uh, well done, Craig, yeah. Fee, uh, Jane, everybody on on um, on Facebook who said Kletchi and Asher, so well done there. Right, uh, the final extra time tease is then, so it's nil-nil, uh, heading into the final couple of questions each. Tony Cotty, your second question is, who was in goal for Leicester the last time the Foxes won at Old Trafford? That's the, that's the game we've been talking about, isn't it, last time? Um... Wow. Uh, 97, 98. Um, I'm going to go with Casey Keller. Correct. Well done, well, listen, listen. Come on. Come on. Right, your question too, Jerry. Uh, you both featured in the two-all draw at Old Trafford the season after mm -hmm. uh, that game where Tony Cotty scored in the 1-0 win. Uh, David Beckham equalised in the last second to make it 2-2. Who got Man United's first goal that day to make it 2-1? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Have you got... He, 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 knows, he knows I don't know. Do you know it? Do you know what Tayson? Oh, dear. Oh, big pressure then, Jerry. I think you were on the bench at this stage, weren't mm. you? Yeah, but I was watching. Obviously, you were there. Oh. Teddy showing him. Oh. <laughs> he just oh. pulls He's... one out of the top drawer. Very mate. Very impressive. Boom. Very impressive guess. Right, uh, your third. <laughs> Your third question. You're celebrating early. There's still oh, no, a couple of questions to go. Things like a win. Like a win. <laughs> um, Jerry, who got Spurs' goal in their defeat against Leeds on Saturday? Son. Correct. Under pressure. Yeah, Tony, to make it 2-2 and send it to a tiebreaker. Who scored the winner for Wolves against Brighton yesterday? Uh, um, I know that one. Um, first goal for Wolves, I think, or first Premier League goal. No, sorry. Yeah, correct. Correct. Well done. I thought you were saying the first goal. No, it was Wolves' winner. Yeah, well done, Morgan Gibbs-White. So 2-2, we've gone to a tiebreaker. Um, so you both got your pen and paper there. I hope that they're ready. Um, how many points... Good luck, TC. <laughs> you can't excited yeah. <laughs> How many points currently separate top from bottom in the Premier League? can have around 20 to 30 seconds to have a little think about how many points currently separate top Manchester City with bottom Sheffield United in the Premier League. Ten seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Right, what have you gone for there? Right, Tony's gone for 54. Jerry has gone for 55. 
The answer is 63. 63? Oh. <laughs> He's taken it. He's stolen away from the TC. That's it. No more this thing. <laughs> yeah, by, by absolute... Well, not I'll tell by you default, what, but yeah, yeah by, well, by guessing one number more. You I, I had three numbers on the other side. I had 56, 54, and 55. So I went for the middle one. Yeah. So you Jax, did you have the opportunity I'm whispering in your ear, Teddy Sheridan? <laughs> 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 oh, it from yeah. I'll tell you what. It's a big night for Jerry Taggart, yeah, less so for Tony Cotty. But thank you very much uh, for your company, the two of you here on Extra Time this evening. I hope everybody has enjoyed uh, listening in. Uh, don't forget, LCFC TV will be back tomorrow. We'll be back for that huge game at Old Trafford in the Premier League. Uh, our coverage starts at 4.30, so do join us for that and have a fantastic week, everybody.